Hey mama, today we're going a little deeper. Do you ever worry that what you do or maybe what you aren't doing is going to permanently screw up your children for life? Do you often wonder if you're repeating generational patterns or if the traumas and struggles from your childhood might be affecting your parenting? Or do you ask yourself if you're doing everything you can to have a healthy relationship with your child? At some point, I think we've all had those thoughts and fears and concerns. Now listen, this week is very special. It's my birthday week, and today I wanted to bring on my very first ever guest on the Motivation for Mom show, and it's none other than the one and only woman who brought me into this world 31 years ago this week, and that is my beautiful mother, Juliana Cocola. Juliana is the founder and facilitator for the Empathic Arts Institute that provides resources, peer support, education, publicity, and creative space for those who are engaged in fields of work that help people. Prior to starting the Empathic Arts Institute, she was a young mom at the age of only 19. She became trained as a full-time minister and later became a woman in media as a producer and director of local television programming and has always been an educator and entrepreneur. Today, I have immense respect and appreciation for the hardworking businesswoman and the deeply emotionally attuned person that she is as a mother and as a grandmother, but our relationship hasn't always been close and connected. For most of my life... Of course, I loved my mom, but I'd call our relationship very surface level. Today, my mom and I are having a real heart-to-heart about some of the challenges and struggles that we've had through the years, how she made the decision to end generational patterns of disconnection, and what she has to say to moms who maybe feel like they're failing. In this episode, we talked all about how to be with pain how to end generational patterns of disconnection and emotional dysregulation, how to parent from the inside out, how your child's age might trigger past traumas that you experienced when you were that age, how to use your current relationships to clue into what you might need to heal from your own childhood, how your therapy can radically change generations even after you, how your personal work can have a ripple effect for those in your family, how the positive personal work you're doing and your attempts to establish connection with your children can have even more of a powerful effect than all of the negative you might be worried about, and how our mistakes as parents can actually be a blessing to our relationship with our children. Be sure to get your notebook out for this episode because there are so many gems that you're going to want to jot down that I think are going to leave you feeling empowered, encouraged, and motivated. This is the Motivation for Mom Show, a personal development podcast for moms, hosted by certified life coach and fellow mama, Sarah Munder. Each week, Sarah will bring you motivation, inspiration, and personal empowerment to help you show up even stronger for your family and be the mom and woman you were meant to be. You sacrifice so much of yourself every day, and it's time to take at least a few minutes and invest this time into nurturing yourself and filling your soul. You are worthy and you deserve it. Ready, Mama?
Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to join me in my planner makeover course that is now available, where I'll teach you how to reach your goals, accomplish all of your tasks with ease, establish your non-negotiables, and finally make guilt-free time for things like self-care and all the fun stuff you want to do, all with a strategic use of a planner. In this course, I'll teach you how to get the most out of your planner and how to simply be more intentional with your time. It's all about making your life easier and making your time more meaningful. If you need this, head on over to my website, themamamiracle.com. That's the mama, M-A-M-A, miracle.com to get this online course today. Now, go enjoy the episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Motivation for Moms. This week is special because... First of all, it's my birthday, and I get to interview a very, very special guest, probably the most special guest I've ever had, but also you are, the very first guest I've ever had on the Motivation for Mom show, and that is, this is my very beautiful mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Sarah. Happy birthday. Thank you, and thank you for being on the show today. Um, and so I'm really excited to have you here and talk about just kind of your journey and our journey and how that's evolved over the years and where we are now. And so before the show, you and I were having a really great conversation about how, you know, as moms, we often worry that we are somehow going to screw up our kids for life. And I definitely want to get into that today at some point. Um, But why don't you just start off by introducing yourself to the Motivation for Moms community. Maybe tell us who you are today and what you do. And then we can kind of work backwards and talk about the kind of the evolution of how you've changed and evolved over the years and how our relationship has evolved too. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. I'm really happy to be here and for your birthday and also honored to be your first guest on your show, I've been listening to your program along the way. And well, I'm, I hope I would hope so. <laughs> of course. Uh, so my name is Juliana Cocola. I was born Juliana Lee Vaughn, <laughs> so that's me at, in my essence. And today, I am a mentor and a student of life and an explorer, and I uh, took a leave of absence from uh, a career in media. I actually started as a young girl. My stepdad was a disc jockey. My um, husband now is television media, and I actually took a step back about probably 10 years ago. I I say I blew a fuse. (laughs) I was working really, really hard, And I came into a place where it was affecting my health. And I took a step aside and did some inner exploration work to figure out what was going on. And that's pretty much led to where I am here sitting with you today. I'd love to dive into that too because I remember that. That was a really pivotal time in your life and in our life. And I feel like that was kind of when our relationship started to change for the better and just your like sense of self started to change and so 
what I think it was like a like a bad migraine you had, right? Wasn't it something? Oh that yeah, ended oh, yeah. Up, you ended up in the hospital. Well, that um, pretty close to at that point. Um, I had migraines and headaches my whole life, and I know you've struggled with them. And even um, Audrey, your daughter, my granddaughter, has already had her first one at um, what was she? five years she old. Was two. Oh, two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Time is gone. <gasps> yeah. Um, so, but what happened was I ended up with the worst one I ever had. And I really thought I was like, not going to live through it. I was mm-hmm. on the floor and that really was a wake up call. Mm-hmm. Somebody recently told me that our bodies in different ways speak to us. And sometimes they just speak really loudly. And that was like the loudest migraine I ever had. So, um, and it was at that point that I just paused everything because Mm -hmm. I just knew I could never have one like that again. Mm -hmm. So it was really awful, but you know, it was actually, um, an opportunity for me to just like pause everything and just like go into Mm -hmm. some really deep reflective work. You know, when my health got in the way, I just had to stop and pause everything. And Mm -hmm. I had to really go inside of myself and it was at the expense of every other relationship in my life. But what I didn't know was that was the first time ever that I was able to do that, Mm -hmm. that my whole life had been a path of showing up for other people. And my own sense of self was hijacked. Mm-hmm. along the way very very early yeah I love how life. you said that your sense of self was hijacked and it's it's really interesting because you had said that um now you needed to take this time to focus on yourself at the expense of maybe other relationships in your life but what I see is that that was actually the catalyst to deepening all of your relationships oh absolutely so that. what happens is it can seem like at the beginning of um, this type of work that I did with myself, and I've heard this from others, that sometimes the, the relationship around them um, feel like they may be in jeopardy or that something is is um, maybe going to be lost. Mm-hmm. But it, it's actually just a way through, like like you just expressed, to, mm-hmm. to deeper relationship. But it doesn't feel like that at first. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't because, you know, because you're kind of like – you're, you're like totally blind through it if you really don't yeah. have a lot of people who've been through it before. So, mm-hmm. you know, those around me were not really knowing how they were going to fit into this new <laughs> me that I was discovering. Yeah, I remember that was a really interesting time because that's when you started going to therapy. And that was a really long road. You you did therapy for what, like like 10 or 12 years after that, right? Well, yeah, I, I interviewed a couple of therapists and... It didn't really stick um, along the way, but then I had uh, my physician uh, recommended a, a really good one who is actually a PhD um, mm-hmm. clinical psychologist. and Yeah, not just a master's degree therapist. Well, you know, there are a lot of gifted healers who don't even mm-hmm. have degrees like yeah. or who are MFTs. That's what we short column mm-hmm. but but this was somebody that had a lot of like experience yeah. and a lot of... Um, personal work that had done a lot of personal work. And I really, I think that's the biggest key Mm -hmm. in what was such a benefit to me was because this was someone that was sitting with me through this journey and could manage um, 
his own sense of self mm-hmm. so that that those needs that he, that might have come along the way weren't necessarily being pushed on me. It was just an entirely new kind of relationship I had never experienced before, ever. Yeah. And what I you, didn't know was this mm-hmm. was my birthright. <laughs> Actually, that was said to me mm-hmm. right at the beginning. This was my birthright. What was your birthright? To be able to have my sense of self uh, seen, mm-hmm. developed, and also witnessed and mm-hmm. supported mm-hmm. and you know we have um left and right hemispheres that do different things for us they they provide different um different types of functions say this? yeah functions for us and this was somebody who could really deeply be present and that's an entirely right right type hemisphere mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to say entirely but it's really it's and it's I would an I would even go deeper and say it's mm-hmm. it's heart to heart because we yeah. have you know we have a brain mm-hmm. and then we have another in our in our head but we also have one in our heart and we have one in our gut mm-hmm. and I actually felt more uh, of a connection that was mm-hmm. actually embodied it was an embodied presence and mm-hmm. I had never experienced that before. I think that's important to point out too, that because I think that a lot of people um, try therapy and they maybe just don't click with their therapist. And you had mentioned that you had gone through a couple of therapists before you found someone that you really found that true connection with. And I mean, you stayed with him for a long time, for at least Ugh. ten years. And it was the the whole time. It was yeah. extremely painful. I mean, this yeah, is really hard. hard. It's it was the hardest work I've ever done, and still am engaged in. It is yeah. the hardest work that I do, though. Um, what's really interesting is that I I really didn't know where the journey was going. I just knew that what was happening wasn't working, and mm-hmm. my like health and life was in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It really was because I remember. I don't even think I've told anybody this maybe maybe one person but i i remember there was a couple of times i was um sitting um well there was a time we went on a cruise ship you were a young girl i remember mm-hmm. going to the back of the boat and just looking at the water churning mm-hmm. and there was just like my life is in front of me do i continue it's so painful mm-hmm. or you know what what's going to happen and mm-hmm. cuz you almost go into autopilot when you're in that much pain mm-hmm. and then um you know, and those types of situations happened, I would say, as far back as I was probably six or seven years old. Yeah. And even through my therapy, there were, you know, several times that I, you know, had to make a conscious decision, am I going to keep going? Mm-hmm. And and I did. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time I come to that point and I get through it, I'm just like, I'm so happy and joyful yeah. and grateful. And I've learned how to be along with the pain and mm-hmm. with gratitude. It's n- not something I identify. It's not me. It's mm-hmm. just something that, that comes through. And I just have more tools now to work through it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember being pregnant and going to um, some prenatal yoga classes. And that was the first time I really learned how to... Um, view pain and view challenging situations as sort of the way that they pictured it was it's like a big wave coming at you. Mm-hmm. You can't run from the wave because it can, it it's faster than you. Mm-hmm. Your only option is to, because if you run from it, it's just going to crash on you. Mm-hmm. Your only option is to just dive right into it and dive under it. And it's mm-hmm. almost like you kind of just like duck for cover and you, and you let it pass. And then 
you're like, well, that, that wasn't that bad. I mean, it was hard and it was, it was really challenging to face that wave. But then once Mm -hmm. you're through it, it's like, okay, like, I think I can get through the next wave. So I, that's what I was kind of picturing when you said that. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that is just more of a recent, if I can kind of just like bring this to date, Mm -hmm. um, is that what I've discovered is that in when I'm really willing to tread through it and be with myself in it, with the tools that I've learned. I mean, it's taken a long time to figure this out with a mm-hmm. lot of support. But now what happens is that the, the pain that comes up, when I get through it, I realize that I was so afraid to be with it. And that's why I kept so busy taking care of so everybody else. It's just taking care of everybody else so that I wouldn't have to be with mm-hmm. the, these experiences. Mm-hmm. But when I'm able to do that, I recognize that I'm so much more capable now than I even ever recognized because I'm a grown woman now mm-hmm. where I was, you know, with the experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to be with it and survive it. Mm-hmm. But really, that's, that's an old story. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to be with it as a young child. Yeah. With, with the trauma that you went through as a child. Right. I would not have been able to, that's Mm -hmm. the old story. So it's Mm -hmm. like oftentimes when we are, um, raised in families that have generation after generation after generation of disconnection and emotional dysregulation, you know, we inherit so many of those patterns and all of that conditioning. Mm -hmm. And when we can learn how to step aside, and this is where I was really grateful that my therapist I work with for so long, was able to demonstrate what ref- reflective um, an infle- reflective experiences based on a personal mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. that he practiced and learned for a long, long, long time. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I was able to see that, and then somehow by osmosis, be able to start to cultivate that within myself, mm-hmm. so that I'm not as flooded anymore with experience. I can see that, as you mentioned about the water, Mm -hmm. I can see the waves further out in the distance coming in. Mm -hmm. And then I can make more choices as to how I'm going to be with those waves before they're turning into, all of a sudden I'm finding myself in a tsunami (laughs) getting wiped out. So that's about awareness, I think. And that's exactly what, you know, that this time in your life and Mm -hmm. going to therapy has done for you is, is given you the awareness of like what your trauma from your past has, what it's done to you and what it brings up in your body. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't in my body. I mean, I'm really just now working with people who do, they call that somatic work Mm -hmm. because there would be like no way I'd ever go and get a manicure or a pedicure or a massage. I just, nobody would ever be in it and it wasn't anything I did not have I always like to say is I did not have like any type of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. but it was just that I was just not in contact with my feelings or my body I was in my head rationalizing everything Mm -hmm. and you know you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast about the dynamic between you and I you as my daughter Mm -hmm. and I do know that all throughout your infancy and growing up, I always felt very protective of you. Mm -hmm. I didn't naturally. Yeah, of course (laughs) I did, but especially protective, you Mm -hmm. know? So I, I was really always wishing, I think even in an unaware way, something new and different for you. Mm -hmm. And it was when you, um, hit 
um, I should change the word hit. <laughs> That's something our choice of words. Mm-hmm. When you reached a certain points in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm an open book, so feel free to just well, say whatever. When you would reach mm-hmm. certain points in your life, mm-hmm. what I didn't know would be happening was I was seeing you at your age and recalling, not by memory, but by feeling, mm-hmm. things that I went through at those times in life. Yeah, body memory. Maybe. That's exactly right. It was just, I was, I was, and so that, you know, really uh, informed, I would say, a lot of the way that I mothered you. Yeah. Uh, um, probably. Um, I think also. that that happens more than we realize. I know bef- uh, many times you've um, told me about how, like, since you've been doing all this work and you've been learning about this, how when our children reach certain ages, it can trigger things in us that cause us to feel anxiety or disconnection at certain ages. And, um, I'd like to explore that a little bit because I'm for, for the listeners who are moms of kids of all different ages. Um, I'm curious as to whether they can relate to this, um, with their kids reaching a certain age, you know, did they start to notice that they were more emotional or that they were feeling more disconnected from their spouse or from even their children or, themselves or feeling, you know, all of a sudden these feelings of anger against their own parents or, you know, different things that can come up. But, um, did you ever experience that as a mom? Like, like when did you first notice that when I was, when you had me? Cause you were a really young mom, but you were still kind of fresh out of like your hard teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say you were probably two when it was the first time profound mm-hmm. that I was experiencing something I didn't understand within myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I quit talking to my mother uh, the way that her and I would talk every day. We'd mm-hmm. see each other all the time. But I like really... When I was two. Yeah, about two years old. Really mm-hmm. took some distance from her. And she was like confused and apologizing to me, mm-hmm. not knowing what she'd done. And I'm like, I had no answers at that time what Mm -hmm. was happening within me Mm -hmm. I just knew that there was a a lot going on inside that I just needed that distance from her and Mm um you know throughout the time that I was raising you sometimes you know my mother was I always felt like when I look back that she was always trying to make up for all, all that she felt she did wrong with me growing up. Like, she had yeah. to make up for it. Which we could probably all relate to. Right, but what was so, like, not connecting with me is she was doing that out of her own anxiety. She mm. still wasn't seeing me. Interesting, yeah. She still wasn't there to see where I was in the current moment. She was still wrapped up in all of her own, yeah, and I call it undigested material, of what she had gone through that had imprinted her way of being with me. Do you think that she knew any other way? No, we had very limited tools. We were in a very high control religion Mm -hmm. that had a real strict structure Mm -hmm. as far as the way you thought, Mm -hmm. um, acted, parented. Mm -hmm. Even things Uh, like seeking out therapy and everything like that. Like I feel like it was so limited. Like oh, you said, there I was, was just so absolutely. few tools. So there were, in order to grow, I had to really make some decisions on what I was going to pause in my life 
Yeah, well, I and think I don't that, say let go of because I wasn't ready to let go of things, but I just had to put yeah. everything on pause. And I see when I think back to you, when you moved out, you mm-hmm. were doing that for yourself. Yeah, because you moved like clear to San Diego, and I was in Monterey, and that was so yeah. hard on me. But mm-hmm. but when I went along the road and saw how well you were doing mm-hmm. and making it, I was just like, so proud of you. I was just like, and you were, mm-hmm. you were like modeling what growing a sense of self might look like for yeah. me. You were helping me. Mm-hmm. Going back to what uh-huh. you were saying when I was two, what do you think was coming up from, was it something that happened when you were two? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Can you I explain was, that a little bit more well, just so that... So it started mm-hmm. to, to, to kind of just backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had came to a place that I really, and I'm talking about my marriage now, mm-hmm. wanted a baby. And I didn't understand why. Hmm. Okay. okay. I see where this is going. Okay. Keep going. So, the, and, and I've come to appreciate what it was, was it was the vulnerability mm-hmm. of an infant mm-hmm. that I wanted to somehow repattern and connect with yeah. in a different way. Rather than just me wanting to give life, I was wanting to redo a life. It's like mm-hmm. have another chance yeah. with myself. I was wanting to, I think, live through the child, which that's mm-hmm. like, that's not why you want a parent. That's like, yeah. because basically you're, you're asking the child to meet your needs. Right. When we're as parents here to support the development of an individual that's separate from us. Yeah. So... Um, anyway, so I, I needed some understanding. And then you, to answer your question about two years old, I think that was just the thread from inf- my infancy to two years old when I was really reaching. If you think about what a two-year-old is, is um, where a two-year-old is at in their development, you know, they, they, they'll turn to you and say no. <laughs> they'll yeah. reach for things that aren't permitted and allowed. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're feeling their way into the world and when they bump against those edges they're able to feel Mm -hmm. their own sense of self yeah and when I saw you reaching that point in your life as a as a young toddler Mm -hmm. it brought back physical memories of when Mm -hmm. I would do that just how harshly I was reacted to how I was Mm -hmm. completely you know just it you weren't given that chance oh, to develop absolutely. your sense of self. No, no, no. I was, yeah. I was given the message very early on, along, early on that it was... You um, just obey, right? <laughs> exactly. And I just heard, um, I have to tell you, there's a Dr. Dan Siegel who he has a book called um, Parenting from the Inside Out. It was one of the first books that my therapist had recommended. That was one of the first books that you gave me when I first got pregnant with, with Audra, my first daughter. Oh, yeah, and really? it was so game-changing. And I've actually recommended it on the podcast before, but please go ahead. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that helped. Yeah, it's such a good book. Oh, I was going to mention, one of the. I was listening to a talk he gave, and he was mentioning, when you talk about obey. Mm-hmm. That was such a big word in my growing up about obedience, mm-hmm. where like when I was listening to, to Dr. Siegel talk, he, he mentioned the word flexibility mm-hmm. and rigidity. And there's this window of tolerance in between that we learn how to mm-hmm. navigate through life so that we're not too rigid, but we're not too chaotic. Right. You know, and that obedience was taking me to the side of r- really extreme rigidity. Yes, absolutely. And that 
as a result, do you think that that caused you to, well, how do you think that affected your parenting with me? Because I know, well, I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. Mm-hmm. I think I can demonstrate it in a story. That's so perfect. we were raised, you know, to be really conservative because of the religion, real conservative. Yeah. So when I had you and you had, you know, this vibrant creative expression and you loved colors and I painted your, your, your fingernails and your toenails, this like bright color. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And then you went to my mother's house mm-hmm. for her to watch you. And she took it off. Yeah. Because it was that. too bright. Yeah. So she still wasn't respecting me as a parent. Yeah. And she was still having that rigid thinking mm-hmm. of the way things are, whether they're good or bad, right or wrong. Yeah. So I think that's the best way to um, to explain. Yeah. And I don't really ever remember feeling like you were repeat, necessarily repeating that generational pattern. Like you, I never really felt like you were a super strict mom. I think that the biggest thing that, that I noticed was the, maybe the lack of connection, like you talked about not living inside your body as a result of your trauma, which I wanted to mention earlier is by the way, that is a protective mechanism that our bodies have built in us when, for example, we have, um, like as part of our, our nervous system, we have the fight or flight, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the adrenaline and the sweaty palms and the racing heart. And that's there to save us for when we need to make a quick decision. We need to get out of danger's way if something's mm-hmm. after us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have when something seems too powerful for us to deal with, when something seems out of our ability to basically fight against, mm-hmm. then we go into shutdown mode. Mm-hmm. And that's our way of protecting ourselves against the pain. Mm -hmm. It's just like what animals do when they're caught. Like when an animal is caught by a lion, it goes into that shutdown mode because who wants to be aware when it's being eaten, right? That is a beautiful example. There's a doctor, um, Peter Levine, that's the premise of his work, large Mm -hmm. part of his work. Mm-hmm. is coming out of that free state. And, you know, that can be on a spectrum. Yeah. So, you know, it could, it could be that someone's raised with parents who are really doing their best and there isn't really anything big and traumatic, but maybe the child is hypersensitive mm-hmm. and needs a little more extra care and, and handling at, mm-hmm. in, in, through some things, a little more coaching through experiences. Yeah. And when that's not provided, sometimes what that happens is that child will, they call it splitting off. So Mm -hmm. it's just a part of who they are as a true self kind of goes into hiding Mm -hmm. because it's too dangerous for that to be expressed. Do you think that you experience that? Um, You know, for me, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. I I do always, I think that's why I have headaches from since I was a little girl is I, I think that my nervous system definitely is sensitive. Yeah. I've had to learn that I can't not expect the world mm-hmm. to, you know, adapt to my sensitivity. I have to yeah. recognize my limitations within the big wide world. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and what do you think about the like? Because I know growing up, I remember a lot of times you would kind of space out. And to be honest, I mean, it was just really annoying. It was like I, you know, I'd ask you a question. How, what does that like, look like to you? It was like I'd ask you a question, and then 
like you'd just be lost in thought and then five minutes later you'd finally respond and it felt like that's how it always was like it was just really hard to connect with you Mm -hmm. and I remember when you started going to therapy and like everything changed um more recently when was that like 10 years ago by the way do you know what year all that was when you had that big headache and then you went to therapy and Everything well, started changing. That, um, if you just go back about 10 years, uh, yeah, we about would that. probably were in 2019 right now. Yeah. So that was probably... That was the year I met Greg, my husband. That's right. That's so crazy. Yeah. And you know, so there is a really good indicator, I, I feel, when someone isn't quite sure about their history. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I've talked to people and they don't really remember a lot about growing up or they say, oh, I had a good... My childhood was... Okay. My parents were great. Yeah, yeah. there was not like, no big things. But how you can really tell and clue in mm-hmm. is by looking at your adult relationships now mm. and the, the relationships you have with your children. What are they like? Yeah. And what I didn't know until I took a few classes is that we have different forms of attachment styles. Mm-hmm. And there's actually um, several. And the way that we interact in our relationships Mm -hmm. can reflect which attachment style we fall under and specific attachment styles. Um, for example, I'll just, there's like, um, there's secure attachment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. means You have a good enough parenting, good enough. It's not perfect. Nobody's is perfect, but it's good Uh enough. And then, you know, and then there's, um, anxious avoidant and there's there's a yeah. list i haven't been to school in so long so it's like i don't even want to be in it like yeah presumed an expert on this right now though that really clued me in is because yeah. when i went into therapy i was really able with somebody working with me to really understand how i was being experienced mm, yeah and that was like i mean that's gold that was so eye-opening that too. is just it's it's like it was really it's really sad. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like, I'm just now at this point coming into some like real sadness that that's the way it's been. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of my journey where I'm at right now. But uh-huh. I had no idea I was always spacing out. I really yeah. didn't until I actually had the experience of being in relationship with another attuned person. Attuned is somebody that's on the same channel is you. It's like, yeah. they're really dialed into what's happening. With they're you. really connected with you. Yeah. So, um, I would say that I still experience some of that spacing out. It's not gone. Yeah. But and, and I notice it sometimes, but you're so much more aware and you're, you like come back so much quicker. I don't, I and really, you really yeah. make an effort to, to have that connection with me and your grandkids, my daughters, which is just such a blessing and and I just want to really emphasize how much this these last 10 years have completely changed our relationship for the better and how much the work that you have done on yourself has benefited not just your life but my life and my family's life too. Well, if you remember mm-hmm. after you moved out and you were living with Greg, this before you had your babies. Mm-hmm. I came down and stayed in your guest room, San Diego, and you had a book by Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. It was called The Power of Now. Yeah. And I recognized the message in there. That was when I started to kind of get into the woo-woo stuff, and you weren't really there yet. I think you were kind of starting to dabble in, like, personal development maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but, and what was interesting, though, is that the ones 
students I was working with and the teachers that I was listening to, uh-huh. they were, it was like we had a parallel path that was like happening at the same time. Yeah, that's true. And so yeah. that's why I really encourage anybody in like family relationships that, you know, don't underestimate the ripple effect mm-hmm. of your own personal work. Yeah. Because absolutely. we're connected. And I would say, you know, it's kind of like when you, you, you go to pick up the phone and you find out, oh, somebody's calling me that I was just thinking about, or it's ringing when I pick it up. That happens so much. Yeah. You would call me and I wouldn't hear the phone mm-hmm. ringing because it was on silent, but I'd pick it up and there you are. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're connected on a really deep level in our relationships. I think we're just now in science beginning to understand how that happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, and what I'm curious about is, so kind of the, the theme of our discussion that I really want to maybe circle back around to sure. is like for the moms who feel like, like, oh my God, like maybe they're screwing up their kids. Maybe they, because they haven't gone to therapy or because they're maybe repeating general, like, generational patterns, they're, they're worried that whatever they're doing or maybe what they're not doing mm-hmm. is affecting their kids long-term. But I'm really curious, do you, do you know if there's any research on like, cause Okay, so I would say that the the trauma that you experienced as a child did in turn affect me and our relationship and our connectedness. And therefore, you know, I did grow up to have a lot of struggles in my teenage years and even as an adult with addiction and everything. But I would say that the thing that affected me even more so was the the positive work that you did on yourself, the personal development work, the therapy, the things that you did to repair yourself in our relationship was almost way more powerful than the negative effects. Oh, absolutely. Is, is there any research on that? Like, can you basically oh, sure. undo? So that, like would, a- so that would be um, in the attachment research. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really important to me as I was going along my processes, I wanted to understand the process in addition to going through the content of it. Can you explain that a little um, bit more? So... I wanted to understand what it was that I was experiencing in therapy that was different than I'd never experienced. What is, what's happening? Mm -hmm. So that's why I started doing a lot of like digging around and reading what's happening. I want to understand. It was probably to make myself feel safer. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Because I want to understand it. Like what's my therapist doing to me? (laughs) Right. He wasn't doing, nobody's doing. That's like an old story that somebody's doing something to us. Actually, you know, that what, it was actually the opposite. What was mm-hmm. happening is there was something not being done to me. I was al- I was being allowed yeah. to be myself. And there is a lot of ongoing research on your question. Mm-hmm. Um, because in um, an attachment theory, in, in an attachment work, um, and also in neuroscience, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of information coming out, you know, that our brains, long, long time ago, they used to think they were like fixed. Mm-hmm. You were raised a certain way, and there's no, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That was an old saying I heard right. growing up, right? Yeah. But that's actually what, what, the, what they're finding is that the brain's architecture is very plastic. It, it can move around. It, it can change and shift, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of different ways that can happen. Neuroplasticity is Neuro, 
I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, you taught me that. I'll give I you know, credit. but you remember. That's yeah. a big word, neuroplasticity. But it just goes to show that like anything, even like forming new habits, you know, you can create those new neural pathways. That's it. And so we, you know, I'm still, it's kind of like if you think of a path that's mm-hmm. been walked on again and again and again, it, the road yeah. starts getting deeper. So what we're doing is we're through new experiences. And this is why I like to really widen my exposure to information, widen my exposure to relationships and people that I'm meeting and different teachers mm-hmm. is because that's that's informing me in brand new ways, brand mm-hmm. new novel ways. And yeah. that gives the opportunity for new paths to be tread yeah. in life. And And so, you know, to a mother in your audience who's has a lot of anxiety about the way that they're raising their kids. I would say mm-hmm. to have compassion for it mm-hmm. because that's, that's informing us that there's something that's caused that. Yeah. What, what has caused, get curious. I would encourage a mother who has those feelings come up to look at them, feel them, and then get curious about them. Where is this coming from? Yeah. Because once that curiosity thread is seen through, Mm-hmm. Then there's a narrative. Mm-hmm. We we all of a sudden start having a story of what's that comes up, and mm-hmm. then once we have that story thread, then we can relook at how we want to change our story, yeah. how we want to relate to it in new ways. So, like, if I was at the beginning of my therapy, I would have probably been saying a lot of things about the way I was raised, mm-hmm. but now it's like this many years later. And the different relationships that I have, you know, some are connecting, some aren't connecting. Some have been more helpful than others. My mother and my father were under incredible pressure with incredible limitations. And they were mm-hmm. really doing the best they can. Yeah. Could. I say can as if, as if it's right now. Yeah. <laughs> See how I'm even tracking and reflective in my speech as I go along. Yeah. These are skills that, that, that you know, I'm still practicing and developing. But they mm-hmm. were as... Um, yeah, I'm a firm believer that we do the best that we can given what we know at the time, mm-hmm. given our limitations, like you said, given mm-hmm. the tools that we have, given the support that we have. Yeah. And I'm also a firm believer that, like Dan Siegel talks about, the doctor who we mentioned earlier that wrote the book uh, Parenting from the Inside Out, he talks a lot about how um, when we get off path, with our, with our kids. In other words, when we do or say things that we later regret, mm-hmm. for example, you know, maybe we raised our voice with our kids or we said things in a way that was hurtful, we didn't really mean to. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer that when we can repair that, mm-hmm. we can actually come out with a stronger relationship with that child and mm-hmm. a stronger connection than if we were to never have made that mistake. Absolutely. And so in other words, it's almost like they're not mistakes. They're opportunities for really smoothing our rough edges, for teaching our kids that hey, we make mistakes too. Absolutely. But here's how and they're going to they're going to make mistakes too. Absolutely. But here's how you fix it when you do. Spot on, Sarah. Yeah. And, and there's actually mm-hmm. a word for it. it's, it's reparation. Yeah. Repair, that word repair is in it. Yeah. And and that allows them to grow. Mm-hmm. in the way that they contend with adversity or uncomfortable experiences or just uh, 
they are also one of the really, I think, big takeaways with that is they're able to see that it has nothing to do about them. That's true. Because children... They're not doing anything wrong. No, because children tend to, just by the nature of where they are in their development... They're very egotistical. And that's Mm -hmm. totally where they should be. Right. Because they're developing their sense of self. Yeah. That's absolutely where they should be. Mm -hmm. That's the time where they really need to be how... uh, understanding how they fit into the world and the world fits into them. However, to mature that development is through these relational experiences with the caregivers in their life. Mm-hmm. And when we haven't had that as children, I just wanted to kind of insert this, we still have the opportunity to have that in other secure relationships. They call that earned um, secure attachment. It's, mm-hmm. it's earned. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to necessarily only be in therapy. Mm-hmm. That could, there's a lot of present, emotionally present adults who have had the um, grace of having had supportive people of their own that, that, that can help us with this earned secure attachment. But you're, you're absolutely right. The, the child learns by um, and through that reparation opportunity that it's not about them. Right. At all. And, and that, that's this is so how... Hard. Adults behave sometimes, and then this is how they make up for it. This is That's how they right, fix it. Right. Um, and so, if you were to be able to go back and tell yourself as a young mother, as a new mother at 19 years old, <laughs> anything that you know now, yeah, what would it be? Well, I'm laughing because I still do what you're saying, what you're suggesting. I, I always say, like, right now, what would my 90-year-old self say? So if I were to take I your question, what would my now nearly 50-year-old tell my 19-year-old self? Mm-hmm. It would probably be, you know, it, oh, it would have been wonderful if I would have been able to embark on this path, like, back then. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of just like, because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the com- and, 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 and work toward... Um, listening, listening to the experience that's happening. Pa- mm-hmm. I, like this word pause is really big for me. This is just pause and feel into what, what feels supportive mm-hmm. and connecting and what feels disconnecting and unsupportive. Be aware. And, and have your yeah. compass. We have inner compasses. And just by virtue of just pausing mm-hmm. and looking at that, we're cultivating self-awareness. We're mm-hmm. cultivating a respect that we have a sense of self that has feelings and thoughts and sensations. Mm-hmm. And that will point us the direction where opportunity is for us to have support and develop further. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that was be the biggest part is to, to just chill out yeah. and and take time to pause. And whatever that time might look like, it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. For me, when I was growing up, my pauses were like bubble baths. I could spend two hours in a bubble bath. Mm-hmm. And that was like that was like my time. Still is pretty much like to swim. Still, Who so. doesn't love I know. bubble bath? <laughs> it could be for others a walk. Mm-hmm. For uh, In my adult time and years, it's been obviously therapy. Mm-hmm. Because that was a special, special time. That was all for me. Mm-hmm. And whenever I tried to make it not about me, it was brought back to me. Mm-hmm. And so I could, it was just like this protected space. It's yeah. a very protected space. So whatever that f- 
might look like for for different people. It might mm-hmm. that might shift around, but I can I can honestly say that. And there's so much compassion right. there. I I love that you said that earlier when you said um, for the moms who are feeling like they, you know, are doing everything wrong and they're screwing up their kids just to to have that compassion. And I think that goes along with what you're saying is is just taking the time to recognize where you are at any given moment. And I, in fact, I even have a little sign up in my kitchen that says slow down because Mm -hmm. what's, that's been like the number one thing that has helped Greg and Mm -hmm. I just kind of have a more functional home is to see that sign that says slow down because otherwise we feel like we're in a rush all the time. We feel like we got to jump from one thing to the next without cleaning up the mess from the last thing, without just pausing to be present and look in our kids' eyes and really hear them and see what they're doing. Oh, and it goes by so fast. Yeah. It goes by so fast. And by doing what you just said, that mm-hmm. pausing, slow down, slow down. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you make lists Mm-hmm. You know, you've, Sarah, you've just developed some like awesome tools along the way. Thank you. There's, yeah, I'm, I'm a real, I, I notice mm-hmm. <laughs> they're really, and they're still very encouraging to me though. When we're able to do that and that reflective observer part of us that starts to get developed and get stronger, we're able to start to notice where we're at now and what actually is conditioning that's been put upon us. Mm-hmm. You start to really be able to see that. Mm-hmm. And then there's more space for opportunity of choice mm-hmm. of how do we want to relate to what's yeah. happening in any given moment. Do we want to relate to the conditioning? Because I still feel mine come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the inclination that's inside of me. But it's quieter now. Yeah, And it gets quieter and quieter. It's still there. But, mm-hmm. but my choice self coming out of observing and reflecting now that's really what's at play I love that having that choice and that just goes right along with what I always talk about is for for the moms that are listening is we have a choice on how we want to show up Mm -hmm. for our family if something's in our family's not working we have the choice to change it but of course it starts with awareness which you know, is a lot of what we've been talking about in this conversation. But just to have that that power, it's so empowering. It is. And we we can't do it by ourselves, usually, if we haven't had somebody do it with us. Yeah. That's what that's what parenting is. It's about mm-hmm. helping your child develop this this um development of security and the strong mm-hmm. sense of self and this these the way of relating to the world through their own self, not based on responding to our needs as parents. Our children are not there to respond to our needs. That's where, like, so mm-hmm. if we can see mm-hmm. um, an opportunity to work with somebody, if it's a teacher, a professor, a relative, mm-hmm. a priest, a therapist, somebody that is willing and open to hold space for us. Oh, that's so good. That mm-hmm. is where we're going to start to be able to feel in our bodily experience what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it, you, there's a saying, you can only take someone as far as you've gone. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we take that in as a parent and yeah. our children, if, if, we, if nobody's ever gone that, 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 to that, those places with us mm-hmm. of presence, then we don't, we don't, we don't know how to relate. It's just, we could read it in a book, Mm -hmm. but the reading in a book is just, it's words. It's not an experience. We need that experience so that we can 
share that with our children. Somebody needs to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just having the peace of mind to know that no matter what we are lacking in giving to our child, even if we're not showing up for them in the way that they really need us to, they're going to be fine. Oh, they're going to grow up. And they're going to need to take responsibility for themselves. Yeah. And the more that we, we recognize that and encourage that development yeah. and, and help them feel empowered that they're going to be capable of, 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 of living their life. Yeah. I mean, look at us. Despite the lack of connection that we had growing up, when I, when I was growing up, it's like I grew up and I figured it out on my own journey. But did you know and I then, loved you? Absolutely. Oh, See, I never questioned so that. So that's what I wanted. I was would be hoping other parents, would, mothers, would yeah. hear that you, your child still knows you that you love your child, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I interrupted you, and I recognized that. So that's you, really, really important, though. Can, but can you can you continue on that thought? Yeah, but I think I just wanted to kind of leave with, what? you know, you. I just want to thank you for the work that you've done on yourself and over the last 10 years because it's really changed our relationship for the better. And I think that, you know, if you hadn't have done all that, I probably would have figured out the connection thing on my own, maybe in some other way, in some other form of relationship. But I am so grateful that we've been able to have that connection between us and that you've in turn been able to have that connection with my kids now and we're just like this one big happy family (laughs) well we still have bumps in the road if you remember it's a journey yeah we have bumps but did you notice that when the bumps came up as you an adult and me as like this new grandma yeah that we could we could be in it together yeah and then we communicated enough through it that we got through it yeah like there was you know there's a there's the bumps are they they show up and i have no doubt that we will continue to get through Oh, I love you. So thank you you so much for talking to me today and being on the Motivation for Mom show. This is such an honor. Is there anything else that you want to leave with the moms before we stop talking here and be on our merry way? I would like to encourage those who are listening to continue the path with a measure of confidence that they're pointed the right direction just by virtue of being here listening. They're pointed the right direction that they are gonna be okay, their children are gonna be okay, and that to just be in every moment the best you can. Mm-hmm. And when the pressures start coming in and it's really challenging or difficult, to lean into someone that can help support you. I really encourage to not be in isolation. Just to, to, to find a place where that you can feel support so that you can keep hearing what I'm just saying. It's all gonna be okay. It really will. It really all works out. They say it all works out in the wash. <laughs> That's an old saying. That's so beautiful. Yeah, so just, just hang in there. I would just say that and I keep telling myself, hang in there, hang in there. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between my mom and I today, and I'd love to hear your biggest takeaways from today's episode. So head on over to Instagram and post a screenshot of this episode with your biggest takeaways in the caption, and be sure to tag me, at Sarah Munder. 
And from one hardworking mama to another, I'd also super appreciate it if you could take 60 seconds and leave a review of this podcast on iTunes. I might just feature your review on an upcoming episode. Thanks for tuning in today. And as I always say, thanks for working on yourself because by working on yourself, you are helping to make the world around you a better place. And on behalf of the next generation especially, I thank you and I appreciate you. Now go out there, take charge of your day, you beautiful, powerful, and incredible mama. I'll see you next week on the show.